Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. And today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. He commanded them to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the host of heaven, and burned them outside of Jerusalem, the fields of Kidron, and carried their ashes to Bethel. And so here Josiah is, in the spirit, full of love and dedication to the Lord. What does he say? What's in his heart? We got to clean this temple up. This temple's a mess. And it's a mess because the former kings, they literally brought in pagan idols into the temple of God. Is that insane how far Judah had fallen? Ashereth, I mean, that's like a pornographic type ancient idol back in those days in the house of God. Baal, her husband, it's tremendous how far they had fallen. But this good king, inspired by the Lord, it's all about cleaning this temple. If we're going to do anything right, we've got to make sure that God's house is clean. It's legit that we remove all of these pagan things. He removed, and then he took the ashes to Bethel. So they burned them in the fields of Kidron. So you have Jerusalem, you have the valley of Kidron, and the Mount of Olives. And in that valley... They burned these idols. And then they took the ashes to the northern kingdom, to the northern part, to Bethel, where all the idol worship was taking place. And so this king is desecrating the idols of the pagan gods that were there. It brings to mind the importance of having a holy church. Right? Having a holy church. When I think of Moses, I think that he prayed for the people to God for them and he also prayed to God for the people and in studying the Old Testament I kind of took on that role as a shepherd as a pastor as an underdog not an underdog under shepherd a shepherd dog that's what I am but I've learned Lord bless your people forgive your people and myself included of our sins had they you know not that I know anything about your sins But I figure as human beings, you've sinned today and yesterday and every day. So it's a good thing for a pastor to pray, Lord, forgive your people of their sins. Forgive us at Sweet Hills. Forgive us. We want to be a holy people. Amen? But one of the ways that I've learned to make sure things are going right in the house of the Lord is when there's sin in the camp, to make sure to take care of it. When there's sin in the camp. Not that we go around, you know, looking and smelling for sin. But when something becomes known that, hey, there's a brother or sister who is living in sin, doing something that Christians ought not to do. Whenever you get that, it's a test from the Lord, whether you're going to love God and love your brother or sister enough to tell them graciously, like Galatians 6 tells us to, and to tell them, you know, you know, this isn't right before God. You need to change that. You need to, you know, repent of that. I love you. That's a way of keeping church holy. 
you know, you think of Paul the Apostle with the Corinthian church and how he corrected them. Remember that? In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he had heard, right? He says, it was actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. He said that they were puffed up. They thought they were a very spiritual church. But Paul was saying, you're not very spiritual if you know that one of the brothers is in sin, sexual sin, and you're not checking it. And he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 4 through 5, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Amen? I mean, it's, it's a wonderful way of like when you hear of it, don't pretend you didn't hear it. Don't pretend, you know, you didn't see it. Go talk to that person. Don't go spread gossip, but go talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, right? As the Bible says, to go help them out. We were hanging out on Sunday with a couple of the brothers and sisters from church, and uh, the topic of, what's his name, Ravi Zacharias came up, right? You guys heard about his despicable ending? Maybe some of you haven't. No, Ravi Zacharias? Yeah, oh, he was living a double life. Sexual immorality, massage parlors. And we were trying to, I don't know, we were just brokenhearted over it. I didn't know him. I didn't follow him. Like, he wasn't like one of the guys I would listen to or anything, but I knew of him. But I just, it was, it's heartbreaking whenever you hear that when a spiritual leader falls because it drags the name of our Lord in the mud to the non-believers. But one of the things was like, a, you know, I, it came to mind like, yeah, but what about the people around him? I mean, who, who follows a, a teacher, a pastor, who owns massage parlors? God is good to reveal if we're, we're willing to look that some things aren't right. That's not right. That's a red flag. A pastor owning massage parlors isn't right. So not that I'm excusing him, but it's the, the church. We keep an eye, a loving eye on one another. We are our brother's keepers. Amen? And so that's one way of keeping the body of Christ clean. Confrontations like that get easier and easier. I think the Holy Spirit, when he says, oh, you got to talk to somebody, the Holy Spirit will bug me and make me so uncomfortable that I cannot bear it. I have to just, a lot of times it's in the morning too early like you gotta yeah but they're not awake yet i don't care drop them a message we need to meet another way he's cleaning house the temple physically but hey aren't our bodies the temple of god the bible says that our bodies are that in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 through 20 paul says or do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own don't you know your body is a temple of God and your body is not your own? That's just more confirmation of what we've been preaching here the last few weeks. Like we belong to God. Our vow was that we no longer live. We live for him. We've been crucified. The old man, the old woman is dead. We're living for Christ now. For you were bought at a price. Oh my goodness. What price? That price. 
You were bought at a heavy price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's always a good thing to take inventory of our lives personally, how we're living. For he who calls us, he who called us is holy, so you be holy, the Bible says. To take self-inventory are the things I'm allowing in my mind, the things that I'm, I'm watching on my phone or on the TV or, or whatever. Think about it. You know, it's good for us, especially in these last days, to be extra careful to what we're allowing into our eyes, into our minds, into our hearts, our thought life. You know, there's some Christians who aren't taking every thought captive, every lie that pops in, but are fantasizing in their minds and their hearts. I believe that when the temptation comes and it flashes in our, in our skulls, I don't believe that's sin until we take that initial flash and thought and begin to mull over it and fantasize over it and give it time in our minds. That's sin. And unchecked, it goes on and becomes a reality. Turn with me to Luke 11, verse 33. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your body, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So it's like, it isn't just turning our gaze away from things we ought not to be watching or listening to, whether it's music, movies, shows. Everything's trashy now. It's very hard to find, you know, solid, good, wholesome entertainment. You know, the iPhones, man, I mean, there's just so much trash that comes through it. I hope the kids are being policed by their parents, let me tell you. No private accounts public accounts to know what's going on it's a it's a discipler of of kids man we got to be on that in these last days we got to be on that for ourselves to see if there are any forms of evil or wickedness or compromise that needs to be dealt with in these temples and removed it can be sins from without or sins from within having ugly images pictures Movies, shows, images, music, ungodly music, to being unequally yoked with non-believers, whatever sin, it's good to remove anything that hinders your walk with Jesus Christ. Any weight of sin, remove it. Cast off the work of darkness. Cast off the weights. Cast off those things that bring you down. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. Sin, no matter how small, can quench the Holy Spirit and hinder God's power in your life. I believe the Holy Spirit empowers a holy vessel. And you become holy by just saying, Lord, forgive me. Oh my gosh, forgive me for that thought. Forgive me for that action. Cleanse me a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me, Lord. I can't even look up. Forgive me. The blood of Christ, he's faithful to just... And his righteousness is upon us. And the Holy Spirit can empower that. Psalm 1, 
101 verse 3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every appearance of evil. If it looks bad, avoid it. Right? It looks bad for a pastor to own a bunch of massage parlors. Right? That's what I'm saying. That's why we need the word of God. To teach it, to hear it, to live it, to embrace it. It, it keeps us on the right path. The word of God. Back to our text. Verse 5, then he removed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense on the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places all around Jerusalem. And those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the constellations, and to all the hosts of heaven. You see how he's just cleaning up this? It's not for Christians to be all into uh, astrology, you know? You want to know what my sign is? Christian. The cross. Don't play all that old Capricorn, whatever. That's the old life. You're clinging to that, really? Like you don't know your future? It's good if you believe in Jesus. It's really good. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The sun, the moon, to the constellations and to all the hosts of heaven. So he, he removed the idolatrous priests. And they would prostrate themselves. They would fall on their faces before these idols, guys. And he brought out the wooden image from the house of the Lord. That's the Asherah wooden pole that was pornographic in nature. To the brook Kidron outside Jerusalem. Burned it at the brook Kidron and ground it to ashes and threw its ashes on the graves of the common people. It's not like the common people or the poor people. What it means is the, the people that were idolatrous themselves. They took the ashes and they threw it on the idolatrous people's graves. There's a, there's a zeal behind his cleaning house, is there not? And isn't that what happens when the word of God gets you? Why right? one of the manifestations is passion it's zeal it's i can't stand ungodliness around me i can't stand wickedness right because it ain't enough to love god you must hate evil and too many christians like they love god and want to pour grace all over wickedness no 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 love god hate evil it's not enough to be saved from my old life i need to hate the things that almost destroyed me the things that almost destroy we have to hate it we don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole Ah, that's a Christian that stands, that doesn't backslide. And he is just being, he's desecrating these things. Like he's hardcore. And, but isn't the Lord hardcore about sin as well? I mean, doesn't Jesus say in Matthew 5, 29, 30, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you? For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your, for your whole body to be cast into hell? And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. So God is serious about sin. Lord, help us not to be laxed about sin. Then, verse 7, he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord. The perverted persons here it speaks of male prostitutes. 
They literally had booths at the temple as part of the worship of these false gods. So they had fallen far. There are churches today who want to be friends with the world, who condone and promote the homosexual lifestyle. They're not churches. They're not churches. But there are, there are denominations that are being split like this because one half wants to say it's okay for two men to be with each other and two women to be with each other. So there's splits, there's dividing lines, but it's incredible to me that, you know, they tried to hide behind the banner of acceptance and love. And basically they're giving these poor sinners false security that they can continue in that lifestyle and go to heaven. God hates the sin and loves the sinner. And the best thing we can do is to tell people the truth of sin. Not to lie to them, not to placate them, not to say, oh, it'll be okay. It's not okay, guys. I don't care who tells you it's okay. God says it's not okay, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And so he removed the perverted, the booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden image. And he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and, defi and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense. And so now he brought other priests. He got rid of the idolatrous priests, but now this is speaking about Levites. He's actually speaking about Levites. He brought them... But they were worshiping Yahweh up in the hills. So rather than going to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices, they're doing it up on the hills. That looks just like what the pagans do. And again, the Bible says, abstain from every form of evil. If it looks like the evil that the pagans are doing that, why are you doing it that way? Worshiping God in their own prescribed way. We can't worship God in our own prescribed way. It's only God's way. And this is why I have a whole beef on these pastors who want to be super cool and hip and, you know, to win the loss. Be all dark or whatever and edgy and cool. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Just be you. Be normal. Preach the word. And watch God do his thing. But they're trying to be like the world. All hip and cool. It's, it's I can't even tell the difference. What is this? God's holy. God is... You know, the Lord, he made himself of no reputation. Our Jesus made himself of no reputation where these pastors want to be rock stars, celebrities. May he increase and we decrease. May the name of Jesus be known and not the name Ryan Hussein. I'm not going to have an outreach that says an outreach with Ryan Hussein. Just little, little things that I see. Anyways, the Levites, he brings them down which were at the entrance of the gate of Josiah, the governor of the city, which were to the left of the city gate. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brethren. And so these Levites who were worshiping the Lord in their own prescribed way, really breaking the law of the Lord, Deuteronomy, it says that they came to the rededication of the temple, they came, but they didn't participate in the rededication. They came. They were allowed to come. They ate unleavened bread, but they did not help. 
the king said, nah, Chale, you guys were worshiping the Lord your own way out there. And you're going to come and, and be a part of doing it right here. No, nah, no, nah, you can have the unleavened bread, but you, you're not going to participate. I think that's fairly cool. We have to remind the church today more than ever that we cannot worship the Lord in any prescribed manner. Jesus told the woman at the well in, in John 4, 23, 24, the Samaritan woman, he says, but the hour is coming and now is when true, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is seeking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up Love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Coming together, Psalm 96, 8, give to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. Come into his courts, come together, don't forsake the assembling. And we all get it, if someone's bedridden in the hospital, we don't expect them to come. But I think too many people are getting comfortable with the idea of worshiping through Zoom and worshiping through YouTube. And don't get comfortable doing that. Don't. I mean, the word is here. You cannot prescribe a new way just because the times are different. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom. And so he defiled Topheth. Topheth was a place where worshippers of Molech, the god of Ammon, was worshipped. And it was there near Mount Zion, real close. And he desecrated Topheth. Why? It says here that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire of Molech. It's almost like destroying the Planned Parenthood, which I don't endorse. Although in my flesh, I might like to see the buildings down, people saved, given the gospel, and them saved, but their whole operation come to naught, for sure. But that's basically what's happened here, Old Testament, just, we are going to destroy Topheth, because we don't want any other children given as sacrifices to Molech. And these gods all promise the people, if, if you give your children and abort them, oh, you're going to be in a better financial place. After all, you have financial hardship. Wouldn't it be nice to give your children and be taken care of by the pagan gods? And that was, that was what was pushed on the people then. Financial stability, prosperity, it would rain on your crops. And it's the same thing that's pushed today. Rather than teaching our children to save themselves to marriage as God commands. We have so many abortion clinics to deal with all the fornication that is happening. Because kids are, are sleeping around. And the Bible is clear that fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible talks about two deaths the death that we die in this world and the death that you die when your soul is condemned to hell it doesn't die it lives on it's just called the second death and for eternity the person is in agonizing suffering 
where the worm does not die, where the fire is not quenched. There's no plain house. If you're a Christian parent, they have to be ready. They have to know what they're doing. There has to be a plan. They have to, you know, use your head. The Bible says to flee youthful lust, not provide a bed for them. Amen? I'm speaking to the YouTubers. No one here. <laughs> no, I'm speaking to, you, to everyone. I don't care. Love me, hate me, who cares? And uh, the Lord loves you. He cares so much about you. May your homes be filled with the wisdom of God. May the rooms be filled with the knowledge of God. May your children be olive plants at your table. May he prosper you in your homes. May you make sure it's clean. Lord, help us all. Help us, Lord, to keep our homes clean, our temples clean, our minds clean, our church clean. Father, we thank you for your word. While all heads are bowed, if you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman. Bye.